0: What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Oddcast, the off-day debrief, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats guerrera BLG is off this week. He's on vacation. Don't worry, we got you covered. We got Justice Mosqueda. From Acme Packing Company, I'm a little uneasy about it because I have a deep, deep hatred for the Green Bay Packers. But nonetheless, Justice, you are here, and I am grateful for it. What's going on?
1: Uh, not much, just uh, burning up on the West Coast right now. It's going to be like 115 later this week. I don't I don't understand how this works. We're in by mountains.
0: That dry heat is not saving you, though, huh? Turns out 115 is still hot as hell.
1: Yeah, yeah. Turns out, yeah, it's still hot. I don't care what anyone from Arizona says. <laughs>
0: So we've got a lot to get to on this episode, uh, but before we do, Justice, tell us for those who aren't familiar with you, since you are now part of the SB Nation NFL Show family, tell us a little about yourself. Where do you come from? What are you doing here? And uh, why should everyone love you?
1: Why should everyone love me? Um, well, where I come from is I was a freelancer for a long time, um, writing about you know Packers or the draft or gambling you know, a bunch of different stuff, um, consulted with a couple teams at various points. And then uh, i recently worked with the XFL in their league level uh, scouting department and did that for the better part of, you know, two, two and a half years or something like that until the pandemic hit, changed all our lives and uh, decided to dip my toes back into the
0: media thing. So now I'm here and you're, you guys are stuck with me. So <laughs> tell us just like quickly, what was life like in the XFL? It was
1: a choose-your-own-adventure. I mean, you really had the freedom to kind of do anything, and they trusted you to make right decisions, and, you know, we had to pitch stuff. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, we made a league in our vision, and I thought that was, like, one of the coolest things in the whole world, you know?
0: Do you think that a league like that can make it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the biggest
1: thing with us is we couldn't tell... um, based with like the timing of the pandemic, I would say the biggest issue that spring football has to solve for is can it carve a market when March madness is going on? Cause we yeah. never really got the answer about that. And that's really the only big hurdle, um, that we had. I mean, we, we had the financial backing that, you know, the AAF might not have had and the people who worked in the AAF, they did a great job. Um, they're just in a different situation than we were. Um, So I think, you know, spring football, if it has the financial backing that, you know, this version of the XFL had um, in a non-pandemic situation, I think it would thrive. Um, The big question to answer is just uh, can can it get a stronghold on American media um, during March Madness? Because I think that's what everyone was kind of worried about.
0: Yeah, we don't know really, if anything. Football or anything else could get a stronghold during March Madness. Uh, Maybe we'll get the opportunity to find out. In this episode of the show, we're going to get to a few different things. The biggest story, obviously, is Carl Nassib, who on Monday became the first active NFL player to come out as gay. We're going to talk to Sid Ziegler of OutSports, who... Roger Goodell issued the statement about Carl Nassib directly to Outsports, So we're going to talk to Sid about that and sort of what this means, bigger picture for the NFL. Uh, and then we're also going to get into, which seems like a much smaller story now in light of NFL history. But Tom Brady uh, going on the barbershop with uh, on HBO and calling somebody. We don't know who because he declined to say, at least as far as we know right now, an MFer which I happen to think it's Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, someone that we work with, pointed out a few minutes ago in a meeting we were in. Basically, every team's fan base thinks that Tom Brady was talking about their quarterback. So we're going to put our detective hat on uh, and get to that. But let's start with the Carl Nassib news, Justice. I mean, this is massive for the NFL. The story was everywhere on Monday. It dominated the news cycle. Uh once we see stories seem to pop up in this so to speak dead team dead time of the NFL, but this this was historic for the league.
1: Yeah, and it seemed like the league kinda backed him on it the entire time. I mean you're talking about, you know, the you know, the guy with the Twitter handle, you know, NFL PR guy or whatever, is is tweeting out statements. You know, that doesn't happen every day for players. So it seems like the league was kind of ready for this, you know, strategically. Um, but beyond that. You know, Carl Nassib was ready, and I think that's great that he's able to live his life and, you know, he could just be who he is.
0: It's fantastic news. Uh, support was pouring in from around the league. I, I don't want to be naive and think that this is all going to be fine and that nobody has a problem with it because you know the way these things work, Justice. People, I think, at least are smart enough to realize which way the tide is going. So if they do have an issue with it, I highly doubt they're going to tweet it and make it public because I think that they would just be crushed at this point. But it would be naive to think that everything is going to be perfect and that there's not going to be any issue in any NFL locker room with uh, openly gay players.
1: I'm sure some situations will arise, but I, I think we're kind of kidding ourselves too if we think that, you know, we don't think even when Carl Nassib is being talked about, he's talked about first openly active gay NFL player. Cause I don't think anyone thinks that he's, you know, the actual first gay NFL player. I, I, right. Anyone who who covers this specifically will tell you that's just simply not the truth. And Warren moon was tweeting out, he had multiple teammates, you know, in the past um, and they just decided not to tell the public. Um, So this stuff is already going on. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, what happens with the locker room. I I just don't think that that's really going to happen in 2021. You know, I I just don't think it's that big of a deal for an NFL locker room to, to handle something like this. Like they're dealing with media situations all the time.
0: That's true. And ultimately too, I think that, when it's somebody like, this isn't a Michael Sam situation. Carl Nassib is an established veteran player in the league. Michael Sam never suited up for a regular season game. Like, this is someone who's established, who's not going away. He's going to be, I mean, of course, barring injury, but he's going to be on the team. It's not going to be sort of this. I feel like Michael Sam was almost a curiosity to see if he could make the roster. Carl Nassib is he's going to be on the roster. He's going to play, you know, hopefully 17 games for the Raiders.
1: Right, and he was, you know, we we've already seen Carl Nassib a little bit, wasn't he like a uh, pivot point in like Hard Knocks one year? I'm pretty sure yes. when he was, yeah, when he was with the Browns. So like, people kind of know who he is already. Like, he's getting playing time. He's an established veteran. Uh, he's gonna be here for a while. So, um, it'll, it'll. I guess it'll be an interesting test case to see like how the public handles handles it more than how. um how locker rooms handle it, I guess, is the way that I would look at it. And I'm not a person who's, like, looking at Twitter comments just to find the one negative thing um, and blow that up. But I, I think, you know, for the most part, people were just happy for Carl Nassib. And, you know, that that's the situation. I think that's kind of the ideal situation to be in, right? I mean, I think that's what people want.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, hopefully we get to the point where this is not where players don't feel like they need to make an announcement like this sort of about this sort of thing, that it's just, you know, an everyday occurrence. Um, But that's not where we are quite yet. Let's get a little more detail on the situation. Let's bring in Sid Ziegler of Outsports, because like I said earlier, the commissioner issued this statement about it to Outsports. So let's bring in Sid and we'll get his perspective on the historic announcement from Carl Nassib. We are very pleased and privileged here on the SB Nation NFL show to talk to Sid Ziegler of OutSports here at SB Nation. And Sid, Roger Goodell released his statement to OutSports addressing the situation, and it was just a historic day in the NFL yesterday.
2: Yeah, Brian McCarthy, NFL spokesperson, called me yesterday, and he, he, he I said, uh, Brian, anything going on today? <laughs> And he said, would you like, like OutSports to, to, to be the first to have the commissioner's statement? And I just thought that was uh, an incredible show of respect for the work that OutSports has done over the years. We've worked with people in the front office of the league, God, for probably 15 years uh, and, and been treated with nothing but respect. You know, we applied for a, a Super Bowl credential many years ago. Um, we've gotten one every single year. Um, and, 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 I've, we've had an open dialogue when issues like this happen with the league front office. So yeah. And, the, and you know, the fact that Roger Goodell has a gay brother, he has a connection to this, this community it's I, for me, it was, uh, it was special and a nice acknowledgement of the work that we've done for a long time. Are you
0: surprised? Because I feel like a lot of people say, well, if there was one league where, where having an openly gay teammate, wasn't going to fly, it was they would probably think it was the NFL. Are you surprised at the way the league has sort of embraced this whole thing?
2: No, I've been talking about this for at least six or seven years, that that there's widespread acceptance in the league amongst fans, players, certainly the league front office, um, in the media. This is not surprising to me at all. Remember, when Michael Sam came out, this is what it was – statements of support from all over the league. The problem was it, it; his career didn't work out. So, no, I'm not surprised at all. And it's been frustrating when I've talked about the incredible acceptance that we've seen across football, in high school football, college football, the NFL, it's been frustrating for people to tell me that I'm crazy. And sorry, I've buried my life in this. I know what I'm talking about. And you're going to continue to see widespread acceptance for Carl and anybody who comes after him.
0: So I remember, especially as a 49ers fan in 2012, Chris Culliver, right before the Super Bowl, talking about this and saying that he doesn't go for that sweet stuff and we can't have gay people in the locker room. You're telling me you think that he's a minority among NFL players and people in the league.
2: I guarantee he is a distinct minority. Listen, so I look at other people who've come out. Michael Sammy had said he had support in the Rams locker room. I look at um, Scott Francis, who was out. He came out publicly in the Kansas State Wildcats in Kansas uh, on his team. And he talked about widespread support. Tomorrow, OutSports is going to have the story of a high school football player who was cut by his Drama club and picked up by the football team to play (laughs) football as a gay kid. The idea that an NFL locker room would be a more inhospitable place than the Kansas State locker room or some high school football locker room is absurd. No matter who I talk to, Michael Irvin, Chris Cluey, doesn't matter, they all say. Yeah, it's just kind of overblown. The slurs are not thrown around NFL locker room. People are professional. They're professionals. They treat each other professionally. It's just the the idea of this homophobia in NFL locker rooms is overblown. Does it make it mean it's perfect? Of course not. In every locker room, there's at least one guy, at least one guy who does not like it. But he figures out real quick when a teammate comes out, oh, well, this isn't so bad.
0: Do you think that, because you mentioned that there might be more players in the future that do the same thing, do you think that this will inspire other players to come out as well? Or do you think that this is going to be more of an isolated incident?
2: Yeah, I I stopped this kind of guessing game a long time ago because, again, when Jason Collins and Robbie Rogers and Michael Sam all came out publicly within a year of each other in NBA, MLS, and NFL... I said, well, this is it. We're, we're going to we're gonna get to stop talking about this mm-hmm. um, because there's going to be a ton of people coming out. And I was wrong. They didn't. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else comes out tomorrow. I won't be surprised if it takes two more years. I won't be surprised if three more players come out in, in the next year. None of it will surprise me. I know the league is, quote, unquote, ready for it. But it all depends on when the individuals are ready to do it.
0: Now, there are going to be some people listening, and I've seen some people online say that this isn't a big deal. Who cares? Just play football. What difference does it make? For those people, can you explain why this is a big deal?
2: I have friends who have killed themselves because they were gay or trans or queer. The idea that we shouldn't talk about this and should not try to give those kids who literally think they need to kill themselves because they're gay, the, the idea that we shouldn't give them some hope by sharing Carl Nassib's story is just is cruel. It's not as it's homophobic, it's, it's flat out cruel. And, You know, Carl talked about, he talked about supporting the the Trevor Project, which is a a suicide prevention uh, organization for the LGBT community. And frankly, everyone working in the LGBTQ community doing this advocacy work is doing anti-suicide work because that's why we do it. I don't need inspiration from Carl Massa. That kid does. So people keep asking me about the comments on Twitter. These are cruel human beings and and I I I just you know every once in a while I respond to them because they're so (laughs) just for kicks but they also all have single digit followers so nobody's listening to them anyway
0: right I think that's something sometimes a trap that we kind of fall into where we see a few of these but really you know it's somebody shouting into the wind for for lack of a better expression do you think that it would be, I don't want to say mean more, because that's not the right phrase, but would it be different if, for instance, Carl Nassib was a star quarterback in the league?
2: I mean, over the next last 24 hours, it's been the number one trending story on Twitter. Um, every single news outlet in, in America, I woke up to five media requests from, from England. People <laughs> all around the world are talking about this. So I don't know what, maybe maybe Israel would talk about it too. I don't know. Maybe there'd be just even more. I, I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is a guy who's been around the league for a few years. He's got a guaranteed contract with the Raiders. He's going to be playing this season. He, he had the perfect message. But, you know, we talked so much about the fear of coming out. But what I loved about his video was it showed in his voice the joy of being out, and that's what we don't talk about enough. How what a relief it is, and how happy most gay men are in their lives, they're just happy to be out and be who they are, and we don't talk about that enough. So, you know, if some I don't if some quarterback came out, I don't know that they would have talked about the Trevor Project and had that amazing video and showed so much joy. So I'll take Carl Nasser.
0: Yeah, though, I mean, the one thing you could say, well, not the one thing, but you can certainly see in that video, he doesn't look worried. He doesn't look stressed. He looks happy. He looks like, like kind of like he said, like he was just kind of unburdening himself.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. I mean, he's, he's already come out to some teammates, the coaching staff, front office, family, friends. He's started to surround himself with some out gay people. You know, telling the world it's a big news story, but for this guy, he's already got the support that he needs from, from, the, from his workplace and his family and his friends. So I, I, can, I, 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 I wish I could talk to him just to like, just to see the smile on his face. And that's what coming out is. Again, we talked so much about the fear of doing it, but once you do it, my God, life changes for the better.
0: It was a massively historic day in the NFL yesterday. Sid Ziegler from OutSports, we thank you very much for the time. I really appreciate you taking the time to hop on with us, and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon.
2: Yeah, take care. Thanks for talking about it.
0: Thanks again to Sid for the time. All right, Justice, we have another issue to get to now because the story of the day before Carl Nassib was Tom Brady who talked about his free agency tour, and when one team turned him down, his response was, you're sticking with that mother effer? We are going to put our detective hat on and try and figure out who that mother effer is after the break.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make
0: We're back here on the Oddcast. All right, Justice. Tom Brady doing what Tom Brady does on the barbershop, on HBO Max, throwing a little shade, expressing his surprise that an NFL team didn't want to sign him before last season by saying, quote, you're sticking with that mother. As a 49er fan, I could tell you 49er's Twitter was on fire. Just everybody thought that he's clearly talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. I have heard that Brady's preference was to play for the 49ers and that the 49ers did not want him or didn't feel comfortable enough that he was going to be able to stay healthy if i ask you for your opinion who do you think tom brady was talking about
1: i also think that it's the guy that he saw in practice <laughs> you know for 4 years every day who you know they shared the same agency they worked out together all that yeah i i i think the shoe fits there but if it's not there i'd be interested and hearing who it's not because i i guess someone someone pressed tom brady about it i mean he's gonna have his golf outing on what the sixth someone someone drop a jimmy garoppolo joke if he's gonna be willing to crack field goal jokes and going forward on fourth down with aaron Rodgers in a damn media conference but yeah someone press him and see if it's jimmy garoppolo because if it's not clear the air all all the arrows are pointing there because i'm trying to think of like who even was in the brady race at the end like i remember the chargers were talked about a little bit but that doesn't really, like, they ended up getting a rookie quarterback. So it couldn't, he couldn't be talking, unless he's talking about Tyrod. I guess Tyrod was, like, the week one starter there. But it just doesn't make sense if it's not Jimmy Garoppolo. So
0: I'm just working under that assumption. Let me throw a couple other teams at you, and you can tell me whether it holds water or whether it's crazy. Um, the New Orleans Saints, do you think they explored it before Breeze decided to come back?
1: Breeze's contract situation makes it too difficult, right? Because he had, he had too much dead money, um, at the end of his contract. It, it it was basically like a forced, win title contending closing situation. So I think, I think they knew what they were getting into with Breeze. It would be hard to do the same type of cap manipulation with a incoming free agent like Tom Brady. Um, so I don't know about that one.
0: Yeah. Now that I say it out loud, I don't think Brady would refer to Breeze as an mf'er. Like, I think he has too much <laughs> respect for Breeze. So that probably wasn't a good choice by me. Okay, what about the Chicago Bears? Now, I think at the time, I don't know that they had Nick Foles. Uh, so maybe, was he talking about Trubisky?
1: Yeah, that could be an interesting one. Um, I don't know what their cap situation would have been in, but I the shoe fits at least a little bit. There's a little bit of smoke. I don't know if there's fire, but there's smoke there.
0: Denver with Drew Locke. Yeah, that one's interesting.
1: I think... At that point last year, John Elway was just still fully in love with Drew Locke still. Um, and all counts now. I mean, he's the middleman between the Peyton Manning, Drew Locke stuff um, in terms of like the I guess you would call it like mentorship thing that's happening right now, even though John uh, John Elway got stripped of his general manager duties um, in Denver. He's he's still like that middleman for Drew Locke. So I, I don't think it's a surprise um to anyone that you know, that's kind of John Elway's guy. So I don't, I don't know if he would have pulled the ripcord on him that early.
0: Is there anybody I feel like that's less qualified? To... John Elway can't pick a quarterback to save his life. He's he's
1: not doing a great job. Uh, he figured <laughs> out Peyton Manning's pretty good at throwing the football. Uh, after after about you know a decade of Peyton Manning already doing it, but other than that, it, it's been a pretty tough run.
0: Do you have any issue? And again, we haven't seen the full episode and maybe in the full episode, Brady explains who he's talking about. But I kind of have an issue with Brady kind of just throwing this grenade out there and not saying who it is, like leading to all this speculation. If you're going to say it right, you're going to call somebody an mf'er. then call that person like be specific. But to just kind of vaguely throw it out there. I don't know. It kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit yeah there's
1: there's a lot of that stuff going on i I, I think though the way I always approach it is like, hey, man, if a player's willing to talk and like actually be open and honest, like don't punish him for being open and honest, but he's not really being that open. He's being honest. He's not really being that open though he he's still not telling us who he's thinking about. So, like I said, so someone ask him a question when he's golfing on t n t or whatever uh, next month, but um yeah, just just in general, I I just think that's just kind of like a weird thing to say and a weird thing to come out of like, you know, a special that's coming out, right? Of of Tom Brady talking and that's the one piece that basically gets leaked out to kind of tease the content. It's just it's just an odd uh just like real open ended, I guess.
0: Well, I I mean, I don't blame HBO. If I had that piece of audio from yeah. Tom Brady, I would have led with that too. Are you serious? Send um it. Yeah, full set. I just it bothers me a little that like has anyone at this point is anyone like doubting Tom Brady? Does anyone think that he's not the greatest quarterback of all time? Like he throws this out there as if like people are talking crap about him. Like dude, you've you've been coronated for years and years and years. Like but he still throws this out there like like people are still betting against him. I think
1: With how competitive he is, he looks at everyone as a threat or a target, you know? It's just one of those things. Like, you watch those uh, Jordan documentaries, right, Um, that ESPN put out during the pandemic, and it's just different how some of these guys are wired. When Tom Brady is doing a documentary about the guys drafted ahead of him, you know, 20 years ago, and he cries during it, and (laughs) no one remembers a single throw that any of these quarterbacks made, Right. Like it's a little different than the the average American walking around.
0: That's fair. And I guess you don't get to be who Tom Brady is unless you have that drive that that Michael Jordan. I took that personal kind of chip on your shoulder there. Um, But I I don't know. Like you don't really need to do that anymore at this point, Tom. But I guess he needs it. And so he's doing it. And I agree with you, by the way. Aaron Rodgers should have like a running list. Of topics that he wants to go to, to try and ruffle Brady's feathers, right? Because, like you said, Brady threw out that jab about the not going for it on fourth down in the, in the championship game. Rogers should have a list, and that comment should be up there. And he better have some Eli and some Giants jokes ready to go too.
1: Absolutely, yeah. You can't you can't be up there in a I'm offended shirt and just let Brady pepper you.
0: No, no, no. Fight back, fight back, Aaron. I agree. You know what Aaron should do? This would be awesome. He should. I, this is like if you really want to take it next level after like a couple of holes. If Brady is up in the match, just kind of drive off to the side and pick up Nick Foles in a golf cart and have Nick Foles come in and like tee off at the next hole just to mess with Brady's head. That would be fantastic.
1: Yeah. Just just uh, swap out on the ninth hole. Get a uh, Tom Brady 49ers jersey. Make, get it custom-made from the NFL <laughs> shop
0: where for the last nine. See how he starts acting. I don't think Brady's that good of a golfer. Do you? I mean, I, for a while there, and the first time they did this, he was awful. And Barkley, remember Barkley was calling him out, and then Brady, like, holed out from the fairway or almost holed out from the fairway and then, like, kind of picked it up from there. But he's not, like, a scratch golfer. I, frankly, I don't know. I've golfed, like, two times in my life.
1: Um... Not very good at it. My my in laws could give you a full scouting breakdown, uh, but me myself, I, I'm not very good with that thing.
0: You've only golfed twice in
1: your entire life. Twice, two times, and my high school was across the street from a golf course. So,
0: well, don't feel bad. I've been golfing my whole life, and I once finished last in a youth tournament. Last, like two hundred people in this tournament, and I was last, and I was so hideously bad the organizers of the tournament felt so bad for me, they gave me a golf club at the end of the tournament.
1: Yeah, that was the thing when I played golf is, you know, you play baseball and they start telling you maybe you should play golf and then you play (laughs) golf and then they're like, maybe you should play baseball. And then it's like, you know what? Stick sports might not be my thing.
0: (laughs) And now you do podcasts.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now I'm an apex predator. Yeah, (laughs)
0: it worked out (laughs) fine. So yeah, the Brady thing is is I guess it's it feels smaller now, like I said, after the Carl Nassib announcement. But it was something that, that I know Niner fans were talking about because the Jimmy G thing just makes too much sense, especially when you consider that Garoppolo is a a historically not a very good practice player at all. Like he's he's better in the games than he is in practice. I guess that's to his credit. But I agree with you. Like if Brady's sitting around and watching Jimmy G in practice all that time and sees this guy like not playing well in practice and sees Jimmy fill in for the Patriots when Brady was suspended with Deflategate, and Garoppolo couldn't even get through four starts before getting hurt, and gets hurt again with the Niners. Like, all the arrows seem to be pointing in that direction. And I'd be interested to hear Jimmy Garoppolo's thoughts on that quote from Tom Brady. You think, you know, at night, when the lights are out and it's all quiet, and someplace deep down that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't talk about a part do you think Jimmy thinks Brady was talking about him? I think so.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you, you got to remember, man. Every NFL player says they don't read what's on the internet, and every single one of them checks their Twitter mentions every single time. And they Google everything about them. They click on articles. Like, they're part of this ecosystem. Like, Jimmy, Garoppolo's re- Jimmy Garoppolo knows that Niners fans think that Tom Brady's talking about him. I could say that for certain, right? Like you'd have to be li- living under a rock basically um, to not think that. So I think, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he thinks Tom Brady is talking about him.
0: Is there a quarterback do you think that's under more pressure than Jimmy Garoppolo this year? Considering the Niners gave up three first to get Trey Lance, the fan base is back. Half the fan base like can't stand him. They want to see him out of the game immediately. His starting NFL career is kind of hanging on by a thread here because everybody just assumes that Trey Lance is going to take over, but it looks like, at least right now, that Jimmy's going to have an opportunity in week one to be the starter. I mean, he's got guys coming at him from all angles here. Is there another quarterback that you think is under more pressure than Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't even know if Jimmy Garoppolo has any pressure because I like it wouldn't
1: surprise me if Trey Lance was starting week one. I know we're still doing this song and dance about you know, hey, the rookie quarterback's got to sit, but at some point you're going to get tired of the guy who put you in a position to draft that quarterback. You yes. know, um, so I, I don't even know if he has a ton of pressure. I mean, there's some. I guess I'll say this: there's some rumors in the NFL about Jimmy Garoppolo's situation and whether he actually was able, if if he could have been healthy enough to play for the Niners at the end of the season.
0: Oh, he um, could have. He could have played.
1: Yeah that that. That's a big thing. And I think when we're, you're trying to piece together things and you're like, for example, like the draft narratives, right? The Justin Fields thing. Um, why was the San Francisco looking at Justin Fields? Oh, he's out of practice for something that seems to be manageable according to team doctors. And then NFL teams are looking around at each other and they're saying, well, the Niners just traded – you know, three first round picks and they're looking into a quarterback, they're not considering Justin Fields. And then it becomes this like group think type of situation and a guy like that ends up falling. Right. So I, I think something like that can't happen unless you have doubts and you're already mentally thinking about like quarterback, like best ability is to be on the field. Right. Is is like stay off the trainer's bench, you know, if you can push through something, especially after you went to a Super Bowl. Um, the year before, and you're one pass away from being able to win it. Um, I kind of think that that's the Niners' perspective, and that's why I don't think there's much pressure on them, because I think they're already over them.
0: That's I mean, you do carry the scars of the, all those years and games lost, and and having to watch Nick Mullins and CJ freaking Beathard go out there and throw balls into the ground and overthrow guys, that – That is, there's something to that, definitely, for sure. Like, uh, they might just be, like, just done. I mean, Kyle Shanahan can look and say, the past two seasons where I've had a quarterback for 16 games, we've gone to the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan with the Falcons, and then Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers in 2019. Kyle Shanahan might just be like, damn it, just give me one dude out there for a whole season, and you're I hadn't heard that about Justin Fields. That's an interesting uh, little nugget that you kind of casually tossed in there. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, when I hear that, I'm like, yep. Because I think that they are so scarred by that, that that could be exactly what happened.
1: Yeah, and Trey Lance is an amazing talent. And Kyle Shanahan, I mean, you just listed the names, um, Mullins and Bethard. It's amazing, frankly, what he was able to get out of those guys off of play action. Because if you look at what they do when they're drop back quarterbacks versus when they're off of play action, it's night and day. And they look – they – they, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, C.J. Beathard, and Nick Mullins look the same off of play action. Where they don't look the same is when a straight drop back game. And the fact that Kyle was able to win some games with those guys suiting up at quarterback is frankly a testament to how good he is, you know, in terms of his offensive structure. So I think getting a guy like Trey Lance in early um, is – really not actually going to be that hard. I know everyone brings up he's a 20-year-old who's coming from the FCS, um, but he played in as close to a pro-style system as you're going to see at any level of college football period um, in a true fundamental, uh, I guess you would say, program that really, like, breathes in, that, like, develop these guys. This is specifically what we do, you know, almost in the same way that the the 49ers do and a lot of these, uh, you know, stretch uh, boot play action teams do. So I, I really don't think the jump for Trey Lance to actually be able to jump Jimmy Garoppolo in the starting lineup, you know, potentially even, you know, before week one is that high.
0: Before we go, looking at Brady in 2021, the Bucs got incredibly lucky last year in terms of injuries. They were one of the healthiest teams in the entire league, if not the healthiest, actually. I can't remember specifically if they were number one, but definitely top three. Do you see – what do you see for the Bucks this year?
1: I mean, I think that they're coming in as probably the favorites in the NFC. Um, and then I guess we'll see how injuries play out. You know, offensive lines always a shaky, shaky situation. It's really like injury clusters, right? It's not an injury that tanks their team. It's the injury clusters. It's if you get three injuries on the offensive line and you end up looking like the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, right? Or if, you know, three of your defensive backs go out, you can't cover anyone. Um, Situations like that. So as long as they can avoid injury clusters, I I think they'll be in a good spot. Because, you know, Mike Evans goes down, there's still going to be guys that Brady could throw the football at. The problem is if you get into a situation where you're down three offensive tackles or you're down three pass rushers and now you can't get to the quarterback and now your coverage looks bad because you can't generate pressure. I, I think that's kind of where the bucks are at and they're in that situation because they're paying these veterans so much. I mean, frankly, when you pay veterans that much, you can't really have a ton of depth. You know, look at uh, the Steelers, look at the Atlanta Falcons, you know, uh, look at the saints, you know, those kind of situations arise um, and sometimes it gets you knocked out. So I think right now Tampa is the favorite, but, you got to play the ball games, and we got 17 of them now before the playoffs even start, so we'll see how that shakes out.
0: That is going to do it for this edition of the SB Nation NFL Show. We should have reminded you earlier, shame on me, but please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL Show. You will get all of our offerings, including the NFL Daily Kickoff, which is your quick kind of five-minute update, everything you need to know that's happening in the league. Justice, thank you for sitting in for BLG. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah, hopefully uh, I don't get
0: and You guys have me back. I don't have that kind of sway here that I don't think we're canning anyone after one episode, but uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking to you again because this Aaron Rodgers situation, I I think, is a long way from over. I think your offseason is going to be a lot busier before the season starts.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would just like a little bit of clarity, just the smallest bit, Aaron, please, before uh, before training camp.
0: He doesn't do that. He he likes to keep it vague so when things don't happen, he could claim that the media blew the whole thing out of proportion and that he never requested a trade or anything like that. Oh, he would never. A quarterback would never do
1: that, especially not one in, like, Seattle or anything. No, no, no.
0: <laughs> the whole thing just gives me a coronary, so we're, we're going to end it there. Uh, enjoy your day, everybody. Enjoy your Wednesday, and we'll talk to you next week.